Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, gonna talk recruiting, plenty to touch on here in this show. In the first half of the show, I'm, I'm gonna be joined by Andrew Ivins. Uh, we're gonna discuss some of the Elite 11 thoughts, uh, specifically on Jakari Brown, Miami's commit, who is out there getting some work in. Uh, also get some of his quick thoughts on Miami losing some, some tough recruiting battles here over the weekend. Uh, then we'll take a break and I will be joined by Gabby Urrutia, in the second half of the show, and we will do more of a dive into kind of what to expect during the month of July in recruiting. So Andrew's here joined once again on through the smoke. Uh, let's just jump into it, Andrew. Um, let's start with the good, I guess, from Jakari Brown, who, you know, he didn't, he wasn't named in the elite 11 top 11. I don't think he was named in the 24 seven sports top 11. I don't know if he necessarily should have been, expected to crack that top 11 uh just knowing what we know about him you know at this stage of his development uh but let's start with the good what did you like uh about what jakari showed out there at elite 11 well i'll i'll start here i don't think jakari was out of place you know and i think some people are maybe kind of concerned about that you know they bring 20 quarterbacks out to los angeles where does he kind of uh, rank in that pecking order. And I don't think he's dead last. I think he's probably more in that, that 15 range, you know, so, so 15, not inside that 11. Uh, I think the official elite 11 rankings, you know, they kind of do it based on film coming in. Uh, at one point, Jakari was, I think number 11, 10 or 11. And then the final two days of that four day competition, he ended up dropping out. Uh, I know one, one outlet had him like dead last 20th, uh, we at 24-7 Sports didn't rank them 1 through 20. But, you know, just kind of me, I, I, I would kind of have them in that 15 range. Um, what did I like? You know, from a frame-wise, he, he was one of the bigger kids there. You know, he's all of 6'3", pushing 6'4". Um, and when he wants to rip it, he had one of the stronger arms. Now, can he dial in the accuracy uh, and get all that under control? Um, I don't know yet. That's still kind of a, a, a work in progress. Um, there were times when I thought he struggled with his footwork. And then when we got to the seven on seven tournament, I actually ended up watching, I think both of his games, which was just kind of, uh, difficult to do just because they're split into different fields. You know, guys were going at different times, but I think I saw both of his games. And to me, you know, it seems like once he makes a bad throw, it kind of starts snowballing and he gets down on his confidence. So uh, like like the final day, it, it, it just wasn't all there for him. But this, was, this wasn't the type of setting he was supposed to excel in. Look, this is a guy who, you know, has, has proven over the past three years 
that he can run the football. Um, and that's going to be his game and pads, extending plays uh, and keeping defenses guessing. So what area, it sounds like accuracy. It, was that kind of the big area you would highlight just from this weekend that he needs to, you know, take from the experience at Elite 11, work on moving forward? Yeah, I, I think he's not a polished passer. Okay. Um, and that might be concerning to some, you know, this is an era where everyone wants to throw the football around, but look, Malik Willis was also out at the Elite 11. So every year they invite these uh, quarterback counselors or, or kids that are in college to come and throw alongside. And they basically do the same drills. And Malik Willis went through a, a pro day. So they do a pro day. It's 21 scripted throws, just like you would see if this was the NFL draft. But they put all the kids through it. Before the kids go, you have the college counselors go. And Malik Willis went through it. Um, and it was not pretty. And, you know, why does that matter? Well, Malik Willis... You know, there's talk of him being a first round pick. There's talk of him being a Heisman Trophy type of guy. Um, and, you know, he's a quarterback that Rhett Lashley recruited to Auburn. One of the only guys who said, hey, this could be my quarterback. So, you know, what am I getting to? Look, man, quarterbacks come in all different sizes, shapes, forms, skill sets. Um, and this wasn't, I just don't think the avenue or area where Jakari was going to excel. That doesn't mean he can't be a good college quarterback. That doesn't mean he can't win games at the college level. But um, yeah, accuracy has got to improve. I, I, I thought he really struggled at times in, in those five to 15 yard intermediate throws. You know, he can get it outside the hashes um, when you're talking about some of the longer ones. And he's got a great deep ball. He's just going to kind of tone it all in and, and kind of refine some things, I think. But look, again, I think his game is more of being a gamer. It's not going to be, you know, winning a accuracy challenge where you're throwing 50 passes in two minutes. Like that's just not Jakari's, just, just what he's about. I think right around pretty much to the day, right? You and I were both at a camp uh, in Jacksonville last year and I just want to ask you about the trajectory Jakari is on, right? Do you do you like his trajectory right now? Uh, his development as a passer. I guess what I'm saying, would you would you buy stock in Jakari, knowing what he is today, if you're projecting it three years, three to four years down the road? I'm sorry, Kiri. <laughs> Rephrase that for me. I'm sorry. I got I got sidetracked no by podcasting. Would you do you like the trajectory Jakari's on? Because you and I both saw him oh, last yes. year. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I think I think he has he has progressed. So this is the I don't know, fifth, fourth or fifth time. So we saw him at the Under Armour ESPN Jacksonville camp uh last June, this time. We saw him during the season. Uh, and then I saw him at Pylon uh, Atlanta. So I, I I've seen him in like about three to four month increments. I think he's gotten better kind of each time. And I think he's got the right mindset, man. I right. I, I don't think that's been talked about enough, um, had a positive attitude, uh, is re actively recruiting for Miami, wants to get better, knows that he's not the best he is. And uh, I don't know if that Miami, all the quarterbacks they've had in the past, they've right. kind of fit that bill. So yes, I do think it's heading in the right direction. And like I said, man, his game is going to be in pads. And I think he's probably going to put up a big senior season. We, me and him were kind of talking about some of the games He's got coming up. He wants to win a state title. And look, man, he's going to be a four-year starter um, yeah. playing some very, very good competition. So, look, like if you're a Miami fan, you know, not what you want to see from your future quarterback uh, at the Elite 11. 
But some some other things you got to consider. Jake Garcia is in front of him. Tyler Van Dyke's in front of him. I think it's the perfect cycle for Miami to take a developmental type project. Right. Uh, and this seems to be a developmental type project that Rhett Lashley has kind of found some success for or success with in the past, or at least had an eye for kind of getting those guys and, and, and turning them into something. Yeah. Seems like a high upside guy as long as he keeps working at his craft. We don't need to go too in depth on this, Andrew, but I just want your quick thoughts because I think it does matter in terms of like other ACC quarterbacks that were out there. Right. So Cade Klubnick, who I think, you know, kind of won the event Clemson commit. And then A.J. Duffy, Florida State commit. Uh, how, how good are those two guys going to be? Well, I think Cade is like perfect Dabo Sweeney quarterback. I mean, this guy was like shagging balls for everyone. Uh, and, and he's just like all in Clemson. So I think he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to go there. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a multi-year starter, but he's probably going to be that excellent backup and he's going to be able to win and, and manage games. So I was impressed with him. That was the first time I saw him. A.J. Duffy, to be honest, man, you know, once the seven on seven play got going uh, and I know, you know, David, you're not going to like the sound of this, but I, I thought A.J. was one of the few guys that was not afraid to actually push the ball down the field. Uh, I just put together our dream team or ultimate team from that seven on seven. And I, I, I picked AJ Duffy as the quarterback, you know, he played his way into our 11, um, took some vertical shots and it was encouraging and refreshing to see that because most of those kids out there are just trying to check down and not throw picks. And so I was impressed with him. I'm really interested to see what he's going to do as a senior at IMG Academy. Remember he didn't play as a junior out in California due to, um, the global pandemic. So I've kind of gone back and forth about where I think AJ Duffy ends up in the rankings and what his ceiling is. But I, I honestly was kind of really impressed with him. So before I let you go, um, I want to get your just kind of, I guess, big picture thoughts on, you know, Miami's start of July, right? Because I think as things stand now, Miami's kind of uh, taking their time with this 2022 class because they don't want to settle uh, adding commits that, you know, are kind of borderline guys that they should be taking, which I agree with. I'm a total fan of this approach. Uh, but that does mean you got to close, right? You have to win these battles. And on July 4th, uh, Miami got bad news, losing defensive tackle Zane Durant to Penn state and cornerback Jacoby spells to West Virginia. Both guys are guys Miami wanted, right? It's not a situation where Miami decided to go in a different direction. So it's a straight up lost battle there. Um, I guess the question is like, is it time to panic? Uh, or is that just being too in the moment in the month of July in recruiting when there's five, six months left? Um, I don't want to raise the alarm, but man, is it is it kind of time to panic? Here, here's how I, I've been marinating on this and thinking about it, I guess, over the past day or two. Like July 4th was not good for Miami. I don't right. know what happened with Zane Durant. I, I know when he left Coral Gables, he had given Miami indication that he was coming. So something changed in the, you know, preceding days where he ended up committing to Penn State. Um, I think Jacoby Spells, we kind of knew the writing was on the wall. He wasn't going to Miami, but that's still a kid you wanted. That's still a kid you brought on on official visits. And that really ties into my whole point here. Look, I, I, I get it, you guys. I, what What is the term that Manny Diaz, oh, we're not a high pressure outfit or, or he said something along right. those lines that that's fine but look man you have burned through a ton of your official visits right. and no one is committed uh, aside from kamari rogers so 
what is the game plan here? Because what happens if you do not win games in, in right. 2021 on the field? So is it time to panic yet? I, I, we're getting close in my, in my eyes. I just don't, do not think it's a good look or you should feel optimistic about when you're bringing in your top targets, right? You get them on campus. You're not pressuring them into committing, but then they're leaving and committing to other schools a few weeks later. Like that's, that's a bit concerning to me. Yeah. I don't, I, mean, I don't, to me, the Zane Durant one is the bigger deal because like you said, he, it seemed like he was kind of a done deal to Miami after his official visit. So number one, something happened there, who knows what it is, but also to me, that defensive tackle board is, is pretty thin. Whereas, yeah. you know, at corner, they do have some guys that they feel good about still. Um, so yeah, it is concerning. Now I did, I mean, I would assume they're going to keep taking swings honestly at both those guys. Yeah, and see how it goes in the fall. And, and I think you also head into the season going, "Hey, like we think we're going to have a better season than West Virginia and right. Penn State." Um, right. Clearly, they're betting on themselves, which I like. Right. But you cannot lose these battles at the same time. It's just right? not a good look, man. It's not. Right. It's not a good look. It, it, with Zane Durant, you guys were kind of on the fence about him, and initially, then you work him out. Then all of a sudden, you want him. You bring him in for the official visit. Everything seems to be fine, and then boom, you know now he's going to Penn State. Right. school he's visited once. I mean, this kid was running around with Miami gloves on all the time. Like what happened? Right. You know, so, you know, again, I don't want to raise panic or, or make people freak out, but like, this is, this is kind of concerning, I think. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, and again, I'm not trying to panic people, but like the only other time where I can feel like Miami brought all these kids in for official visits and they weren't going their way was right before the end of the Rick tenure. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it, is there some vibe? Is there some negative, you know, recruiting going on or, or there's something we don't know about? I don't know, but it seems like something is up. I mean, we'll see what happens. There's going to be some announcements in the coming days. Demario Tolan, Chris Graves, um, and, and potentially some other guys. So we'll, we'll see. But, you know, Manny... <laughs> Manny outlined it at, at Paradise Camp, and he, it would have been fine, I think, if they had picked up both those commitments or at least one of them on July 4th. But now it's like, okay, right. you know, what, what do you mean? That's the other issue. You come out, you know, talking a big game, and then you don't deliver on July 4th. Again, it is July 4th. So, right. what, right. What does, and that's Manny's point, right? Like, what is like everything in July is kind of fake, but it's still in the world of recruiting everything matters in my opinion. So perception is kind of reality and recruiting. Right. And right now the perception's not good. So you touched on it. Let me get you out of here on this. Uh, Demario Tolan, Chris Graves, uh, gonna make their announcement here in the next, within the next five, six days, four or five days. Shit. Will it's, like, fans... it's like, it's like three or four days. <laughs> yeah. What day is it? I don't so, know. Uh, what do you think Miami fans will get good news from at least one of them? Yes, I, I hope I agree. And I would I would say it's Chris Graves, right? Yeah, so yeah. We'll I, see. You, you know, I, the, the, the Tolan thing I, a, a few weeks ago prior to that official visit, I've been like, oh, he's going to LSU. Um, I don't know what, what, what came out of that that visit, but it seems like things Miami kind of pulled even with the Tigers. And, okay. you know, I'd heard that he was pretty close to Zane Durant. Um, uh oh, yeah. You know, that's it's kind of like, uh oh. But who knows? Um, it, it's just kind of hard to feel feel good and optimistic about Miami's chances, you know? Right. Yeah, right. Also, like later like, in this month, they have Dotry Richardson, Nick Cole, Isaiah Horton, Leighton Nelson, maybe Devin Jackson too. So 
maybe two commitments out of that group. Um, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're not going to generate a, a ton of momentum, which yeah. Manny would tell us so, is fake. But. So I know, I know, I know you want to get me out of here. So like, are you, is this like cycle just going to be all flips late for Miami? I don't know about that. I just think, I think they're, they're going after big time guys that are going to wait. Right. And so there, it's going to be down to the wire, you know, Miami and other school. And it's just about them closing. So, and ha- do we have confidence in Manny Diaz closing in a regular cycle? Because last year they certainly closed, but it yeah. was a weird COVID cycle. I know. I, I was thinking about this as well. Like, do they get Zane Durant and Jacoby Spells if this is right COVID, COVID cycle? Like, but yeah, but those kids are probably coming because they can't go and visit these other schools. Right. That's a fair point. And, you know, like Shamar Stewart. Yeah, it looks good right now, but you got to close. And, and that probably depends on the success of the season. Wesley Bissane, it's just they're betting on themselves. And it's, you know, it, it depends a lot on the success of the season and just the ability to close. And that's why, you know, I think they added Demarcus Van Dyke and uh, Travaris Robinson. They view them as as big time closers. So we'll see if it if it all comes to fruition. But Want to thank Andrew for jumping on the pod, giving some insight into Jakari and some big picture recruiting stuff. Andrew, take care. Uh, work, remind the people, they already know, but remind the people where they can find your work. Just Andrew underscore Ivans on, uh, on Twitter. And I'm on, I'm on the boards. And yeah. my, my final parting thought, you're right. So, so Manny's betting on, they're betting on themselves with this recruiting class. Manny's also betting on himself this season with him being the DC. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's put up or shut up. And honestly, like there's to me, there's no reason why they can't win 10 games. So if they can't win 10 games this year, it's not a good look for Manny, both on the field and in recruiting. Uh, So we'll see how it is. I, I like this, the, the approach and the strategy, but it's a risky one. So we'll see how it goes. All right, right, Andrew, take care, man. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back here on the other side of the break and now joined by my insidetheu.com colleague Gabby Urrutia and we're going to we're going to go deeper I guess into kind of the latest on Miami recruiting. So the month of June, Gabby was kind of a month where the coaches could have face-to-face contact for the first time in what, 15, 16 months. Um, and this month of July is kind of a time for commitments to start rolling in. Uh, as Andrew and I discussed earlier in the podcast, the Hurricanes didn't get good news on July 4th with Zane Durant, uh, the four-star defensive tackle out of Orlando, picking Penn State over Miami. Going into that visit, we thought, you know, we had heard that Miami was was looking like the team to beat. That changed, obviously, in the days leading up to his official commitment. And then uh, also on that day, Miami learned that um, four-star cornerback Jacoby Spells would be committing to West Virginia. So, which we kind of saw that writing on the wall coming, um, you know, during the course of June. So nonetheless, Miami wanted both those guys disappointing to lose out on those battles. So let's just start here with this, Gabby, just what is your take, um, you know, on Miami losing those, those recruiting battles here early in July? Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely a bit disappointing. Um, You know, just Jacoby spells, you know, just just being a local guy, uh, a guy that Miami, again, Miami was really after, uh, you know, just kind of making the decision to want to go elsewhere. Again, I don't know if Miami really did anything wrong there or more of, I think it was more of just like Jacoby just deciding he just wanted to do something different, which I guess is fine. You could never really blame a kid for wanting to do that, but it's still, you know, from Miami's perspective, it's definitely disappointing. Uh, you know, with Zane Durant, uh, again, another pretty weird situation. Um, yeah, not really super sure what, what happened there, but I mean, I think if you're Miami, just, I just think disappointing is just a general feeling, you know, I think it's just, a, it was just a disappointing, you know, holiday for Miami, just in terms of, you know, two guys that could potentially help the program down the line and, you know, could have been factors here. And, you know, again, two guys Miami really liked. So uh, yeah, I think just overall, it's just a disappointing effort and, uh, you know, just kind of got to just bounce back, you know, you can't sulk on it too long. You just kind of, kind of just got to turn the page and figure out what's next. I do think Miami is going to keep recruiting both guys during the course of the fall. So we'll see, we'll see how those chips fall at the end of the day. Um, And and we'll dive in here soon, Gabby on what's kind of next at both of those position groups in terms of recruiting. But I want to get your, your thoughts here too. If you had to pick one in terms of Zane Durant or Jacoby spells, uh, from a Miami perspective, which one do you is kind of 
the bigger deal in terms of Miami missing out on that player? Um, I think it's Jacoby Spells. Uh, again, just, just him being a local cornerback. Uh, you, when you just consider, you know, the program he plays for, you know, that Plantation American Heritage School has been one of the best at developing defensive backs. I mean, you saw what they did with Patrick Tan, Tyson Campbell, Marco Wilson, three guys out of the secondary drafted this past year. It's a powerhouse program, fresh off a of 5A state title. Um, probably going to repeat this year with that team that they have. So I just think in terms of just like, you know, not landing a talent out of that school, um, I, I, on top of the fact that Jacoby is, you know, a high level cornerback yeah. prospect, you know, with the elite speed and just factoring in all those things, plus the fact that he plays at American Heritage, which is a school Miami would just absolutely love to, you know, get really, you know, involved with. Uh, I, I think it's a big, I think Jacoby spells overall big picture wise is probably the bigger loss. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I would, I would argue, honestly, I, I do think Jacoby is probably slightly a better prospect than Zane Durant. My concern with losing out on Zane Durant is the rest of the defensive tackle board, right? Because I, I think it's, it's a little thin for what I'm comfortable with at this stage. And a lot can change. There's still plenty of time here between now and the early signing period in December, but I feel better about where my, my Miami stands at corner right now with the guys they're chasing yeah. uh, than I do defensive tackle. So let's get into that now, right? So defensive tackle, you wrote uh, an article when Zane Durant officially made it public that he was committing to Penn State, uh, kind of a what is next for Miami on the defensive line. Uh, let's Let's begin this conversation by just highlighting the defensive tackle spot specifically, who are the guys to know now? Uh, and again, they're going to keep recruiting Zane Durant. So he's not necessarily done, uh, but, but who are the other defensive tackle names Miami fans should know right now? Yeah, uh, I, there's a few. And I, I think just the defensive line in general is just an, an interesting sort of like dynamic right now, because, you know, I mean, definitely some of the names to know off the, off, you know, off the bat, Anthony Lucas, you know, the top 100 talent out of Arizona, uh, six, four and a half, you know, 270. Like he wants to be called defensive end, but I mean, if we're being real, that's an interior guy all the way. Mm -hmm. uh, again, a guy who is a, you know, I don't know if he's a Miami, I don't know if you consider him a Miami legacy, but his dad went to Miami, a non-athlete. So there is a connection there. He did officially visit. So definitely a name to know, uh, Homestead, Daniel Homestead's Daniel Lyons, is a guy that, you know, Miami's been recruiting for a long, long time. Uh, I believe since his freshman year at South Ridge, you know, he's kind of sort of been in communication in one way or another with Miami. Um, so I think those are the two, like, true interior defensive linemen. Uh, you can always mix in Alton Tarver out of Deerfield Beach. Uh, Jordan Phillips, uh, he just recently committed to Tennessee. I think that's another name to know in terms of just, like, a guy that Miami could potentially turn it up on, maybe push for a flip down the road. I believe he's a state qualifying weightlifter or something like that. So just, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a few names. And then, I mean, you look at the outside guys, like a Shamar Stewart, 6'5", right. 260. He's a guy that could potentially kick inside. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., 6'4", 6'5", you know, 245. He's a guy that could potentially kick inside. And I think you can say the same about Nigel e. Kelly. So, you know, like these, all, all the big time defensive end targets that people kind of consider edge guys are, are guys that, really at the next level could move inside and be, you know, kind of guys in there as well. So, 
you know, yeah, the defensive tackle board doesn't look all that deep, but you know, there is a possibility that some of these other guys that they're recruiting that are listed as edge guys or defensive ends or just really just defensive linemen could potentially play inside at the next level. So if Miami's able to land one or two of those extra guys and, you know, as they develop, they end up moving inside, it really doesn't, you know, I feel like it, it ends up working itself out in a way. Does Zane, in your mind, does not landing Zane Durant um, make landing Daniel Lyons even more important? Uh, I think so, just because, uh, I mean, Zane Durant, I guess, maybe isn't like your prototypical defensive lineman, but I do think, I mean, Daniel Lyons definitely fits more of that. Like two, uh, a 6'4", probably pushing 270. I mean, no, he's pushing. He's past 270. Could be 280, potentially 290 at this point. Um, you know, so just a really like a true defensive tackle body. So uh, I, I do think Daniel Lyons becomes just that much more critical. Um, but, you know, I, I do know that there's other options there as well. I forget. Have you seen Alton Tarber in person? Yeah, I saw him in his spring game. Okay. Uh, and what you Stranahan. think? He was good. You know, he made a few plays. I, I know that he's reshaped his body some. And, you know, he honestly didn't look like sloppy to me or anything like that. You know, I thought he moved around pretty well, uh, you know, showed some good things with his hands and, you know, just like his get off and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm not sure he's a, he's a plan A target. Uh, I'm not sure right. really, but I, I think he's a guy that they could potentially turn to. And, uh, you know, again, maybe on the small, not exactly the biggest guy. He's not like a six, three type of guy, maybe six, one, maybe six, two, probably over 300 pounds. So maybe as like a one tech type of guy. Uh, I could see them maybe moving towards uh, Alton Tarver. Seems sort of like an Alan Hay type, like that's okay. like a similar build. So uh, that's how I kind of view him. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the defensive line recruiting shakes out, specifically at D-tackle. Um, again, my Miami feels pretty good about where things stand with five-star Shamar Stewart. Still a ways to go there. He's going to take his time, uh, but Miami does feel good about that one. Um and we'll see how it, how the chips fall at the end of the day. Let's move on to cornerback again. Miami wasn't able to reel in Jacoby Spells, who very talented player. I think a guy with a lot of upside. So disappointing. West Virginia is getting a good one. Again, I don't think Miami is necessarily going to concede that that recruitment uh, between now and the early signing period. Uh, but Gabby, you also wrote a story that day that Jacoby officially committed to West Virginia about what is next at cornerback. Again, I think it's worth remembering Miami has a premier cornerback committed in Kamari Rogers, top 100 player in the country out of Mississippi. Um, but what is next at Miami at cornerback moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, really the way Miami's cornerback board eventually shakes out, I, I feel like a part of it will be decided on Friday when uh, Chris Graves out of uh, Fort Myers, Bishop Verreau announces his commitment. Um, you know, Miami feels good about where they stand there, David. I know both of our crystal balls are on Miami. Um, yep. You know, so th that could be good news, you know, coming off a pretty disappointing event, you know, with Jacoby spells, you could be landing, you know, Chris Graves who, you know, upside wise, you know, Again, maybe not as polished as Jacoby Spells is right now, but I mean, we saw him play. I mean, we saw what, you know, yeah. how aggressive he can be Good and like, player. you know, all that. Yeah. And again, you consider he's a 16 year old rising senior. He's gone 11 1, 11 01 in the 100 meter. You know, he has a lot of upside. Again, a young guy. And, you know, he's someone that could really, I think, sort of raise the, the roof of, uh, you know, what this cornerback room just has in general, especially this class. So, 
they did miss on Jacoby Spells, potentially getting good news on Friday. And then, you know, they have they still have a lot of top targets that they're after. I mean, you consider a Traquan Fegans, another top 100 talent. You know, everything that I've heard coming out of that is that Miami is very, very involved in that, in that recruitment. Uh, Alabama just – is again, Alabama is very involved. They just picked up a commitment from a corner. So, again, that definitely doesn't hurt, you know, in terms of just Alabama maybe working on Traquan Fegans. Uh, I know Georgia, South Carolina are involved there as well. So, I mean, I think Fegans is, is a real player for Miami uh, moving forward. Uh, Earl Little Jr., you know, worked out for Miami's coaches at Paradise Camp. I think that's a big deal. Uh, you know, I mean, him talking, he seems to be legitimately interested in Miami. Uh, you know, Alabama, again, is going to be a, a tough team to beat. But let's say he does go to Alabama. Again, that would probably only help Miami more with a Traquan Fegans type. So, uh, right. you know, I think that uh, I think that there's still plenty of room here. And then you consider also, I mean, the Jakari Henderson out of Sanford Seminole. Uh, again, a guy that Miami is much higher on than maybe the recruiting industry is. Uh, his star rating doesn't re necessarily reflect the way DeMarcus Van Dyke and those guys feel about him. So still plenty of options at corner. And, uh, you know, I think Miami ends up landing a pretty strong class uh, at the position with or without Jacoby Spelsen. You mentioned it. Uh, they're still going to keep recruiting him. You know, he told me right. like before he committed, like he's still going to kind of keep his options open. He's still going to keep hearing people out. So say West Virginia goes – you know, five and seven or four and or whatever it is, they don't have a great season. You know, Miami could easily make their way back into all this, you know, once games start being played. And Chris Graves, you mentioned it. He is set to announce July 9th and he's picking between, I guess he announced a final four of Miami, LSU, South Carolina, and Florida. We both feel good about that one, right? Or at least I do. You still do? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. And do we know, is he announcing it any special way? He's not a CBS Sports HQ announcement, is he? I'm not sure how he's announcing it. I'm not okay. sure if he said how he's announcing it. He might do something live on Instagram if he doesn't do the CBS Sports HQ thing. Uh, okay. I, I, I feel like that's kind of like the move for these kids now. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see July 9th what Chris Graves decides to do. I think, you know, having a, a two a two-man cornerback class of Kamari Rogers and Chris Graves is a very nice start. Uh, Miami would love to take three or four corners in this class, and uh, you know they are in the position to do so, take some quality players at that position. Um, let's move on to other guys, either with dates set to announce in July or guys that we believe could announce at some point in July but have not you know, set the official date. We mentioned Chris Graves. Again, that's July 9th. Um, the day before Chris Graves is announcing Orlando area four-star linebacker Demario Tolan is set to announce. It, it appears to be, you know, Andrew kind of hinted earlier in the podcast, this is a Miami LSU battle, um, but Clemson, Florida State, Tennessee also in there. Um, you know, I just, I think for these guys, Gabby, these guys we're going to list, let's just go kind of rapid fire, right? And let's just say, do we think the guy's going to pick Miami or is he not going to pick Miami, right? Um, so Demario Tolan, July 8th. Um, I, I think not Miami. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I think not Miami either, but I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful, but. Um, right now, I'm going to go not Miami. Uh, Chris Graves, I think we both feel like Miami. Fair? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Daughtry Richardson, July 26th. Uh, looks like between Miami and Florida State, I will go not Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go not Miami as well. Nick Cole, who I guess pushed his back to July 31st, correct? Yeah. I'm going to go Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go Miami too. Um, and then we got some, some to be determined. So it might be a July commitment. It might not be a July commitment. Isaiah Horton, the four-star wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, Leighton Nelson, who does, does he have a date or not? I don't think he has a date yet. Okay. Three-star offensive lineman out of Orlando. He was toying around with the idea of, of committing on July 4th. Didn't end up happening. Um, and then Devin Jackson, the four-star linebacker out of Nebraska. Um, that's to be determined as well. Could be late July. Could push it back even more. Um, but let's start with Isaiah Horton, Gabby. Um, I know you caught up with him and have a nice article with him on the website currently. What's the vibe you get there? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Miami at this point. Uh, I know I, I really believe it's a Miami-Tennessee battle right now. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Miami. If we're going rapid fire, I think, uh, I think I'll choose Miami there. Okay, I'll follow you. Go Miami as well. Uh, Leighton Nelson, who, you know, I think Miami's in the mix. So is UCF, Utah, uh, Duke, Pittsburgh. Um, would you go Miami or not Miami? I don't know. I think him pushing back is interesting. Um, yeah. I think I think it could potentially be Miami. Okay. I, I think so. Maybe. I don't okay. know. I feel like I feel like I'm iffy there, but I'll leave, I'll go like 51-49 Miami. I'll go not Miami. Okay. Um, no real reason, but just the vibe I get. Uh, Devin Jackson. So that one gonna, is looking yeah. like a Miami Arizona State battle. Miami or not Miami. I'm gonna go Miami. I think hot I agree take, with you. Hot take, yeah. I think it's my hot take. I think I think Miami. I I agree. Um, you know, I I just think it's gonna be tough for any any high school player to commit to Arizona right now with with so much uncertainty with their program yeah. in terms of future sanctions and all that stuff. So, um, by our projections, Gabby, that would give, you know, of these what one two three four five six seven guys you know, potentially committing in July, that would give Miami, Chris Graves, Nick Cole, Isaiah Horton, Devin Jackson, and maybe Leighton Nelson. Uh, is that a strong month of July in your opinion? Yeah. It, I mean, I think it would be, I definitely think it would be, I mean, you're talking a, a top two, four, I mean, an, an all American linebacker in uh, Devin Jackson, uh, two four-star guys, you know, one in Chris Graves, one in Isaiah Horton, potentially, you know, you know, three-star offensive lineman with, you know, some upside in Leighton Nelson and Nick Cole, who, you know, I'm just a big, big fan of the tape and stuff. So, you know, I think, I think those additions would be, would be pretty big. And again, not suit, not, not totally counting out Demario Tolan picking out my, uh, pick, not picking Miami either, right. you know, that, that could potentially happen. So, you know, I think, I think it could kind of close as a, as a stronger class, yeah, I think maybe the best way to look at it, right? I mean, it'd be great if they could get both, but Miami needs to try and at least split one of Demario Tolan and Devin Jackson 
get at least one of those two linebackers. They need to land Chris Graves to uh, improve the depth of the cornerback class. I think it'd be ideal if they could split Daughtry Richardson or Leighton Nelson, get one of those two offensive tackles. Um, we'll see if they can get that done. Nick Cole would be a nice little piece at striker. Um, and then Isaiah Horton, I think, would be a, a very nice addition at wide receiver. And that, you know, if you if you land an Isaiah Horton, that would allow Miami to then feel good about going all in on getting, you know, going hard after Jaden Gibson, um, who is probably their top, top target at wide receiver for this cycle. So uh, we'll see if Miami could kind of bounce back here in the coming weeks in the month of July. I think they're they're in a position to do so. And, and, but again, it's all about closing, uh, for whatever reason that they couldn't close on Zane Durant. Um, and, and we'll see if Miami can, can get it turned around here later in the month, starting on July 8th and July 9th with Demario Tolan and Chris Graves making their decisions public. Gabby, before we get out of here, let's discuss some new name, image, and likeness news that dropped, uh, with the Miami hurricanes. I think it's pretty cool um, on yeah. many different levels. We'll get into it. Um, American top team who is, I don't know, probably right now the top MMA gym in the country right now yeah. in, t- in terms of guys that they train and, and coach out of South Florida. Um, they announced a big time NIL deal, uh, kind of a partnership really with the Miami hurricanes uh, explain the deal, kind of what, what the fans need to know that maybe are unaware at this stage. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting deal. It's one that involves every single scholarship football player at the University of Miami. Uh, basically, any player that decides that they want to be involved in this would be offered a $6,000 contract um, that would basically that basically comes out to like $500 a month. Um, and you know, they would basically just have to like, you know, promote and expose, you know, the American top team on their social media accounts and all that different stuff. But it's a part of a bigger campaign called bring back the U that is also involving Jorge Masvidal, who's, you know, the big time, you know, UFC fighter out of here. Um, and I believe there's going to also going to be like a community outreach portion that is going to be run by Kendrick Norton that is going to basically they're basically going to also recruit other businesses local businesses any really sort of types of businesses to kind of sort of contribute to their efforts to potentially put more money into the pockets of these Miami Hurricanes football players across the board this isn't just the the headliners like we've seen Derek King make a lot of money so far and Bubba Bolden do some things and you know this is going to be a collective effort that every single player like on the roster is going to be making some sort of additional income. And you might hear, Oh, $500 isn't a lot of money, but the, the total commitment, if every single player were to, you know, say yes, would be upwards of half a million dollars. So it's right. a big time commitment to the student athletes. And uh, you know, it's something that Miami can say, I mean, if you're talking recruiting or anything like that, like, Hey, come over here. Your son is guaranteed to make some sort of money off the field. Right. If they were to come to Miami. So I think it's a big deal, a big, I think it's the first, I mean, I haven't seen one that is just like a, a program-wide effort where every single player is going to make money. I don't know if another school's done it, but I think this is groundbreaking for yes. for Miami and for the sport. I agree. I think it's awesome because, like you said, the unique thing about this deal is it includes 
Derek King, right? Who's the most marketable, probably the top guy on the roster in terms of making money in NIL. And it includes the number 85 or in this year's case, maybe the number 90 guy, because rosters are going to be bigger with the super seniors. So um, it's very cool that Miami is a program that can command this type of deal where everyone eats, everyone gets money. Um, and you know, it's like you said, it's not going to be huge money, but Hey, if local businesses throw in, uh, that pot, I think can potentially grow. Um, and you know, it, it definitely makes Miami more attractive, uh, as a program that, like I said, lets everyone on the roster eat and, and you know, Miami, keeps leading the nation in NIL deals, right? So we touched on the last podcast, Derek King, Bubba Bolden kind of announced July 1st and what I saw was the biggest individual deals uh, for the NIL, 20K each. Um, and now Miami's the first with a team deal, over $500,000 pledged for one year to the team. Anyone who wants to jump in and do it can do it. So yeah, I mean, Miami's leading the way. Um, Everyone, I, and we'll see what this all means six months from now, right? Because uh, there, every like anything else, right? I'm sure this is going to be a copycat situation. Um, but I do think it's impressive the way Miami's kind of come out of the gate and been progressive in the way they've attacked the NIL potential. Um, so yeah, I think it's really cool. Anything else to touch on with this? No, not on, not on my end. I, I think it's, I just think it's awesome. Like, I think it's amazing. I think it's, I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be amazing just what it can do for the university of Miami brand. I think I also think it just shows the power of the U logo and like how much respect and just sort of just like really just commitment. It still carries with it, you know, just within the community and within, you know, people around the program. I, I think it's amazing. When you're in college, I mean, look, 500 a month, of course, yeah. is not life-changing money. But when you're in college, 500 a month can go a long way, right? Um, and that's how you're so. getting everything. I think you're, they're getting a lot of, again, I think we talked about this before. You're getting free room and board. You're getting free right. books, free, a lot of free clothing, uh, a lot of free meals and all that stuff. So you do get like your little stipends and all that. But, you know, $500 to, you know, these kids is, it, it goes a long way when you don't have a ton of other things to pay for. So uh, it, it's a, it's a big deal, I think. And again, that's yeah. just a, that $500 is a floor right now. Again, other right. businesses can get involved here and that, that $500 could turn into $700 very quickly, or it could turn into, you know, 800, depending on how many people jump on board. So, uh, you know, this is really just scratching the surface of what this could potentially be for these kids. Yeah. So shout out to American top team, shout out to college hunks hauling junk, right? Everyone in the Miami hurricanes community, the businesses, supporting the program supporting the players just shows how much miami hurricanes football means to south florida and to uh you know alumni in general so hopefully the money keeps flowing in for these players because they certainly do put in plenty of work and it's good to see them rewarded for that work uh from a monetary standpoint gabby i think that's all we got right now uh again check the website we're gonna have plenty of updates with with you know, commitments happening this week. Demario Tolan, Chris Graves. Uh, we'll have all the latest updates on that on the website. And uh, hope everyone had a fun, safe July 4th. Uh, and we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Appreciate you listening. Later.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 